Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. He led the Pulaski Academy Bruins to nine state championships in his time there. Bill Belichick described him as probably the best high school coach in the country. His unique strategies garnered attention nationwide. The Zone welcomes Kevin Kelly into the show. Brought to you by Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. The best surgeons, the best treatment, all focused on you. He's the godfather of great offensive She's just football. She's laughing and laughing and laughing. I can't believe you've not heard this. Godfather music. A lot. They, they do it. I know. I've been tired of it too. They do it it's all the time. Well, you know what? You don't have to hear the rest of the year because well, but, but, it's the last. I know. Well, not the last, rest of the year. The rest of the season. Unless somebody picks me up. Yeah. What if somebody picked me up and said, hey, "I just want you on there because I like to hear you talk." Uh, I think you're great. If anybody wants to sponsor Coach Kelly, the uh, and we appreciate Bone Hefley yeah, immensely. Awesome. Now, look, if they want to keep going, feel free. If not, uh, somebody else wants to pick up Coach Kelly's segment. I think you would actually be more interesting outside of football season. I'd love to hear your thoughts on general uh, pop culture and things of that nature during like June and July when we're not doing football. Well, that's kind of kind of what I was excited about today. I heard y'all reliving the year in. Now, some of the conversation I didn't want to take part in, but Smart. some of it I did. But okay. I guess. But when you're here, you have to, right? Por qué? Because he doesn't want to get anything controversial. Because he's <laughs> no, not no, a, I don't mind. No, 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 no I don't. No, I don't mind controversial at all. I just if my wife's not listening, I don't. You know, then the happy Does she listen? Talk about seventy-five uh, percent of the time to this show. Yeah, when you're on. Yeah. Wow. She huh. probably she listens a hundred. She probably listens a hundred when I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nancy, uh, everybody has never likes heard the Justin show and Wes's voice. Oh, thanks. That's, We're on air. That's the that's nicest kidding. thing. <laughs> yeah, Nes, Nes, you know, I, I would be offended. At everybody else, well, no, no, let me see. A lot of people would be offended at Nancy's laughing at their intro while ago. Sorry. No, no, I'm not. I just say. Hey, Luckily, you're unoffendable. No, but I'm just saying, it, no, right, in a world the where Godfather we're perpetually music, offended. I just think it's. See, now here's the thing. I don't get offended because. I don't either. I'm. I laugh at myself. I really, I'm I really think I'm offended. the. I'm just think I'm. I'm not smart. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, well, I've been called everything but a white woman in the industry I work in. I mean, I've had my life threatened. I'm not. You know, it's going to take a lot to offend me. You've been cussed out so. recently. Yes, I have, and I've been mf'd up and down uh, Central Avenue what a couple did you times. Do? I didn't do. It. I was doing my job. You gave, a, you gave out a bad horse pick. Didn't you? No, Sometimes I did not. all their money on it. Sometimes no, doing not. your job is uh, the worst thing you can do. Yes, God forbid. You said bet your life savings no, on the two I did horse, not. and he came in fifth. Nope. I told people to pick Alabama last week, and I was right. Got one right, Coach. Finally, that was a good one. Yeah, that was easy. That was a really good one. I thought that was cakewalk. Uh, I thought last weekend was the perfect indicator that we need a 12-team playoff. Everything we saw last weekend tells me we need a 12-team playoff. Oh, it'd be yeah, we can't wait. Okay. All right, uh, we got to get to the red-white report, but I know you couldn't sit through the red-white report, so I thought I'd do your introduction first. And I don't want you to sit through the red-white report. You feel free to chime in. The red-white report is brought to you by Big O Tires. With locations in Conway on Harkrider and in Cabot on Prospect Court, Big O Tires offers an endless selection of wheel and tire combinations. Big O Tires. They have everything you need to fit your budget and style. Arkansas with a little tougher matchup tonight than maybe we anticipated before the season began against the Missouri Tigers, who are on a roll and uh, they, of course, are coming off a recent win over Missouri. Arkansas, by the way, though, Chris, I don't know if you saw this or not. Arkansas is ranked 11th, I think, as of this morning in the NET rankings. And Missouri's back in the pack a little bit. So I still think Arkansas is the better team. Arkansas is at home. I'd like Arkansas to win the thing. Arkansas has had their way with Missouri. This is a good Missouri team, though. 
Christian, who should I be looking out for tonight? On Missouri? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Kobe Brown. Kobe Brown. Any guy named Kobe you got to watch out for. I like how his name is Kobe, and he also wears the number 24. How about that? Was, was it... Uh, uh, who did we... Refresh my memory. We played in the... Uh, oh, Kansas. Was it, wasn't it Kansas? They had in a the player... Game? Kobe Bryant. Mm. Somebody, it seems yeah. like, did. They had a player, Kobe Bryant. Cincinnati used to have a player Thank named Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But it was spelled C-O-B-I. We like, that kid's got some big shoes to fill. So are the Lakers. Don't know if you guys heard. They had a guy named Kobe Bryant. They used to, yeah. yeah. May he rest in Amen. Uh, anyway, this is the 98th time that uh, a ranked Arkansas team will play a ranked opponent. Arkansas is 47 and 50 in such games. 59th meeting between Arkansas and Missouri. And Arkansas leads the all-time series 32-26. Not that that really matters um, for what it's worth. Here we go. And we have talked a lot about Nick Smith Jr. Not available tonight. Arkansas has had a whole week to prepare since losing to LSU last week. We have not talked much about Brazil and his rehab. And I imagine he's not rehabbing to ever be a Razorback again, but we are certainly rooting for him to get drafted and go on and have a good professional career. TB had good surgery. One of the coolest things ever, he lifted weights last night, which I don't know if I've ever had a player, you know, still on crutches right after surgery, a couple days after uh, in the weight room. So it's a, that was a really cool to talk to TB and hear him tell you that he's, that he already got back in the weight room. Coach, I imagine you've seen plenty of guys who have gotten hurt and then the next day got in the weight room, maybe just your son, but surely you've gotten some guys over the years that have done that. Yeah. I mean, if they want to get back faster, that's what you have to do. Go get in it. Get the body ready. Uh, Razorback women are on the court tomorrow against Florida, in case you're interested. And we got some baseball news today. We are, I said six weeks yesterday, and my friend who was a baseball play-by-play guy was like, ah, oh, it's 43 days. I was like, okay, bro, whatever it is. I'm Intense. like, we're really being, yeah, he's excited. Excited. Arkansas is ranked number four in perfect games, top 25 in the preseason. It's the highest ranking in the publication's preseason poll since 2013, when Arkansas wow. opened at number two, it is the second of the six major preseason polls. Arkansas seventh in collegiate baseball's fabulous 50 preseason poll. So there you go. Omaha bound again. Going back, to, going back to basketball for a second, do we feel a little better losing to LSU since they played Kentucky really, really well last night? No. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm kind of surprised that he said. I didn't feel better? Yeah. I don't know how good Kentucky is. I think Kentucky's a little fraudulent. Well, they got the best player in the country, probably. Uh, that's. I mean, I can make an argument for seven teams. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> He's averaging 15 and 15 or something. Mm-hmm. I mean. Christian, who's the best player in the country? That I don't have an answer for. Who are the top three players in the country? See, my mind is geared towards prospects, and I don't see Oscar Sheboy as an NBA prospect. But he is a good college player. Yeah. He's a fabulous college player. I don't player. know. When you walk out on the floor and you go, he's going to get us 15 points and 15 rebounds, and you know it before the game starts, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd probably take Zach Eady from Purdue over Sheboy. Okay. Purdue always lets me down. Somebody Same. Always. In the tournament, always, yeah. yeah. Always. Gonzaga and, and Purdue. Well, Kentucky oh. also usually lets you down. Although well, I did, they, they win occasionally, though. I picked Arkansas to beat Gonzaga in my bracket last year. One of the few things I got right. I don't think I had any of the Final Four teams, but I had Arkansas. In the uh, in the Elite yeah. Eight. So it is 11-15, and we'll get to the rewind here in a little bit. We've got uh, Michael Felder coming up. Coach, let's talk about some football. So give me uh, your thoughts. Let's start with, should we talk TCU Michigan? Yeah, I mean, first of all, y'all, I know you've already talked about how good the games were the other day. They were amazing. Right? I, I, I mean, after the TCU game, I tweeted, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch the next game because it's going to be a letdown, and then it wasn't. Right. I don't know how often that Might have been better. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. So both of them. You know, I mean, you know, talking to I've got a couple buddies in Las Vegas I've met along the way through the analytics world and, and, and different conferences and stuff. And, and one of them is like, you know, like the whole world's on TCU because at a 13 and a half, 14 point underdog, you know, you just can't bet somebody to beat somebody in the game by that many points. So that doesn't spell well for TCU that they would set that game line like that. And those guys are pretty smart guys. But I love TCU's quarterback, and I love their fight, just like we saw the other night. You know, when they were when they got ahead of Michigan by a couple of touchdowns, and Michigan came back and they turned it over and they got it within three. The momentum, if you've ever been in a game like that, you can it, you know they say it, it, that that it's it's not tangible. It feels tangible. I mean, you like can feel it, mm-hmm. and I know they felt it. And when they just answered the bell and answered it three different times. I was like, God, this team might be one of those that you're just like, they're kind of destined for it. And that's the only way they're going to beat Georgia is right. if they were, they were kind of right. destined for it. But I love their quarterback. Uh, Sonny Dykes is really good. I think that team's gotten better and better as the year's gone along. And, and what they are is they're a team like early in the year people go, well, they haven't beat anybody. That's why they're undefeated. And they're not that good. But – as they go along and when you gain confidence, they start going, wait a minute, we are pretty good. Because I think that's where they were. But you know this, as you get confidence in anything that you do, you're better. And as they got confidence, they are less hesitant. Coach calls a play, we believe in that play. They're, nobody's hesitating, nobody's questioning. They're going out there and doing it on offense and defense. And you look up and all of a sudden you are a really good team and you really do belong here. And I think they're one of those classic uh, nobody thought they'd be here, but nobody wants to play them. And I think that's where Georgia's going to be when they play them. They're like, gosh, we would almost rather play Michigan. The line moved from 13 to 12 in a day, and I don't know where it'll go off. But, yeah, the, the betters definitely were moving the lines in the right directions because it moved towards Ohio State and TCU as it went on. And the Ohio State game got down to five, I think, or maybe even a little less yeah, than that. Yeah, it got down to four and a half, I think I saw somewhere, and, and, and a buddy of mine was telling me. And then, uh, you know, in the end game, you know, when Ohio State got down, you could have got them for like plus 500 in the middle, you know, towards the end of the game, and they came back and won. But Georgia showed that championship, you know, mentality and the fact that they got down. It would have been easy for them to do something dumb. But they continued to be them. They played the same type of defense. They didn't abandon and start – going crazy and blitzing like they don't blitz or anything like that. They just did what they do and didn't panic. So credit to Kirby Smart, the staff, for not doing that. And then Stetson Bennett, a kid that nobody wanted out of high school. He's a walk-on. And he just continues to show why he's the starting quarterback on the best team in the country because in the big moments, he ran for a touchdown. He made some great throws. He didn't panic. He got out of trouble when – when they gave him pressure in the pocket, it was so fantastic to watch. And I'm still not a Stetson Bennett fan, but to watch him, I'm like, golly, he's one of those guys you just plug him in somewhere, and he's gonna be, he's gonna win. He's a winner. What do you think is more likely? Georgia pounds TCU, wins by 17, say or more, or TCU wins a game outright? Georgia pounds is more likely. That's more likely because they're just better everywhere. I will say this, TCU's offensive line is a lot better than people give it credit for, and that's going to allow them to that's going to allow them to move the football some. I just don't know that they could Georgia is going to score on them. I just don't know that TCU can maintain that with that pressure and continue. And plus, I worry I worry a little bit about they, you know, Georgia 
I know it was a good game against Ohio State, and they got behind all that. Georgia expected to be in this thing. They expected to beat uh, Ohio State. TCU didn't expect to. So it's a little bit of a celebration letdown type thing. Like They're like, sweet, we're here. Well, a lot of times when you get there, it'd be like if we drove all night, uh, 25 hours to go to Disneyland in California, and you get there, and now we walk in Disneyland worn out and tired. We're not going to have as good a time as if we had two weeks off, a little time to prepare, a game in between. And I think that's where they might be a little bit of letdown. Interesting. So having won that game against Michigan, and like you said, going in, what's the next step going into Georgia? I mean, what do they have to do to adapt against <laughs> that, against a, defense? I mean, that, that's it, it's a, great a totally question. it's a totally different mindset. I mean, they they did a great job coaching, and I mean, like you said, they're they're gonna I think get trounced against. Georgia, but a lot of people thought they were going to get trounced against Michigan as well. I did, but I'm an idiot. I didn't. I played the money line. <laughs> Smart. Okay. I just thought Michigan, Harbaugh always, I mean, I'm a Harbaugh fan. I think he's a brilliant coach. I think he did a great job he in the NFL. Fun, I mean, he did a great it, job it this year. was a great coaching job, but you know, because there were a lot of times, and let's take a look at some of the Arkansas games. He, and, and Pittman said he got out coached and he did a couple of games. Yeah, he, he did. You know, and, and they lost their running back. Blake Corum was a heck of a player, right. and, and they and he still maintained that and, and was able to – now the last two years he's been able to beat Ohio State, which that was a thing he couldn't do for like right. eight years or something. So he slowly takes those baby steps. Well, he was able to beat them because finally he quit being super conservative and going, we're just going to play defense and run the ball. Mm-hmm. In the last two years he's opened it up, let them throw the football – and he'll say it's because he believes more in his quarterback, but it's not. He just knew, I've got to open up, I'm never going to beat them doing that. And, you know, what? What the, he opened it up, and that's what enabled him to get as far as he did, but he still couldn't win that game. So that didn't surprise me. But TCU, I think to spark themselves, Sonny Dykes is going to have to come in with some trick plays, some different looks. I mean, they're going to have to add something to what they do because mm-hmm. if they come in and do the same exact stuff – that they've been doing, Georgia's going to overpower them. Kevin Special Kelly. team action. Kevin Kelly joining us here in the uh, studio. It's brought to you by Bowen Heffley Orthopedics. I wanted to ask you about uh, the matchup there real quick, and then we'll move on to the to the next game. But I, I think if Michigan plays TCU ten times, they win how many? Seven. That's kind of exactly what I said. Okay, I said seven or eight. Um, and they got screwed on the call at the goal line, most people thought. They went to the you know, the referee, the official specialist. So. I didn't think well, so. Well, you shouldn't fumble the ball in the end zone the next play either. Yeah, don't, that's, a, that's exactly what I said to the people that were griping about the, that that call. And then it was targeting at the end. They didn't have the guts to call it. Well, stay on your feet and catch the ball. You know, when I coached, I always told receivers, stay on your feet and catch the ball. Even don't run and dive. You're slower when you dive and leave your feet than you are when you stay on your feet and run through a ball anyway. You catch the ball and you fall down on the one. I mean, I know you want to catch the ball. Can you not catch it and stand up? You know, and, and I'm not blaming the kid for the loss, but I'm just saying – you know, so many times it's the little bitty things. I, I texted somebody during that, uh, one of my football friends. I said, hey, this is proof that you never, ever give up on a play. Look at the first play Michigan ran the ball, and the kid runs it all the way down. And as soon as he did, the announcers go, he's gone. Nobody ever catches him. And they caught him on the seven-yard right. line. And then they stopped him from scoring. And then on that play, he's down on the six inches from the goal line. And they stopped him from scoring or they got stopped themselves, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why you never, ever, ever, ever give up. You never know. you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, as far as the matchup with Georgia, 
Georgia's tight end, their secondary tight end, although he's 6'7", 250. He's good. Yeah, they said he may not be available. He got yeah. an ankle, I think, maybe in the last game. Yeah. Not sure if he can go. How much He'll does that change? Available. You think so? Yeah. Does that change anything with your thoughts on Georgia at all? No, not really. Although their their two tight ends are really, really good, and they use them really well. You know, studying the last game, going into that game, I was real impressed with how they were able to use two tight ends, which I think some teams in the NFL should be doing that have two good tight ends. But they use them really well. And, that, and what people don't understand is when you put two tight ends, one on each end of the line, that creates another two gaps the defense has to be responsible for. And they're not going to walk an extra D lineman in when you put two tight ends in because then you just throw the ball with them. That creates a horrible, horrible space. And then uh, for the for the D- defensive uh, front seven to have to cover. And then what the most important part and what they do really well is when you run play action with two tight ends, you fake it to the running back, you put it in his belly, the linebacker has to stop and come downhill and play against that run that Georgia has because they're so good at it. And then all of a sudden that gives the tight end an extra two, three yards on the linebacker that has to be covering him because the hardest thing to do in football is play linebacker on a play-action pass when you've got to guard a man too because you've got to play the run and tackle the running back if they hand it to him. But, oh, my goodness, he pulled it out of the running back's belly, and I look up and my tight end, I'm three yards behind him. And that's what Georgia does really well with both those guys. And they just look. If they're better tied in, if the linebacker's got leverage on him, my first look is going to be at the other linebacker, the one that's second best but really good. And that just creates all kinds of problems for defenses. And and uh, if they continue to do that, if they have him, I think that'll be good. I think he'll play. Even if he doesn't, they'll run another guy in. And they have a freshman, be, they said. He won't be that much of a drop-off. That's what I would think. And the scheme is the key, right, with the two, oh, the two tight ends? Oh, yeah. absolutely. How much did you run that? How much did you guys use two tight ends? We didn't use any tight ends. <laughs> you sent a tight end to the NFL, but you didn't use him at tight end? He never, ever played with his hand on the ground. Yeah. You know? that, what's odd, but but I, I think that's pretty cool because it shows that for a while teams wouldn't pick a tight end out of high school if he didn't put his hand on the ground. College teams wouldn't because they're like, well, he won't be able to do that. And I'm like, you're grown coaches. You get paid you know, a quarter of a million, 300 half a million dollars a year to teach a kid to block. Can you not – Teaching put his hand on the ground, which everybody did with Hunter. He showed he could do it, and now he's in the NFL. Remember back in the day, Hayden Fry would line his tight ends up, but he would stand them up. Yeah, it's kind of a weird deal. Yeah, you don't yeah, see that, was, and 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 you would think he would not do that. Yeah, I would think he'd be the opposite, real conservative right. coach. That kind. I of always thing. thought that was kind of cool because nobody ever else did it. Uh, one last thing on Harbaugh, then we'll hit the break because we have Michael Felter coming up too. You can argue with Michael about whatever. Uh, Harbaugh <laughs> to Carolina, a lot of talk about that, and apparently he's interested. Can he coach effectively in the NFL again, you think? Yeah, I think he did a great job with I think he did a great job with San Francisco and the telltale thing was who was the tight end they had that was the fastest guy out of the combine that year? Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Good memory. You know, he he what what I what I saw with him is Vernon Davis was throwing a fit one day. Harbaugh takes him on the sideline, chews him out pretty good. Doesn't let him play the rest of the game and then comes back full circle with the guy that guy ended up being a better player, I think because of it. And Harbaugh handled that. I think he's just really good at handling the relationships with college guys and pro guys. Okay, interesting. We're going to take a timeout. Michael Felder on the other side. We will visit with him about the matchup and the championship. Um, And then whatever else. Arkansas has got a mass exodus right now. And we need to talk about that too a little bit. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't look good. 24. Honestly, I kind of felt like it was coming. You did? Yeah. I I have too. I have. But, but, you know, you never know about rumors. But – 
you know, I've heard some things from the inside up there, and then I've heard, you know, you hear the rumors floating around, then you hear stuff from outside from other college guys, and you're like, eh, maybe there is some truth to that. Yeah, there's a couple things that are concerning. A couple guys that are concerning. A couple guys I expected to go just because I think they could chase NIL money more yeah, somewhere yeah. else. But, like, you know, the Jordan Dominic departure is one I didn't see coming. That was a little surprising. No, that, that was a disappointment not only from uh, just a, uh, an emotional standpoint, but from a Razorback standpoint. I mean, you know, we had a chance to be a really good player, and we were counting on him.